Throughout the New Testament, we are told if we continue in our faith in what God has done, then we inherit the things of God. But many will not continue. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24 that in the last days, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. All of these scriptures in the Old Testament are written to warn us that we would not sin as we see them sin. They are also written to show us what God will do. God in the New Testament by the churches today is being perverted. He's being presented by many of the pastors today as being some kind of kindly grandfather that he understands. Go out there if you want to and divorce and remarry because God wants you to be happy. And after all, all your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. And that is something that is false because it's the initial sins that are covered by the blood of Jesus. But in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 and 26, we are told, exhort one another, warn them. And even more as we see the day of the Lord approaching, because if they sin willfully, there is no more sacrifice for sin. For to try to sacrifice then is to make Jesus die a second time. It's to crucify Jesus afresh. You can look at that section of scripture, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25-26. Also look at Second Peter chapter 2. For Peter warns us, we'll read that. Verse 20, Peter says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled and therein and overcome. The latter end is worse than them, with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Also look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come 
if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. You are forgiven your sins, but if you go back into those sins, there's a very fearful fate that awaits you. If you think you can continue to commit adultery over and over and over, or continue to be drunken over and over and over, or continue to live as a homosexual, after you have been enlightened to the truth that to be a homosexual is sin. To do homosexual acts is sin, Romans chapter 1. If you have been enlightened to the fact that these are sins, then if at any point in time you return to them, you think to crucify Jesus afresh. Romans chapter 1. Start at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. See, that would be to return to your previous sins. You have the truth of God that these are sins, but you hold them in unrighteousness. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So they go back to their previous sins after the knowledge that what they're doing is a sin. Well, this is serious consequences. In verse 32, it says, Who know the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So this is extremely serious. 
In John chapter 8, the woman taken in adultery, Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. She couldn't continue in adultery after she was forgiven. So we are warned by these scriptures. But these are not the things that I've heard taught at church. And these are not the things I've heard church people say. But these are the things the Bible says. So I urge you to reconstruct your thinking by these scriptures that I'm sharing with you today. If you have been enlightened to a sin and you see that it's a sin and you are forgiven that sin, if you return later to do that sin, it's like crucifying Jesus afresh for that sin. In the Old Testament, Saul, the king, did not obey God fully. He did part of what God said. So God removed him from being king, and God sent Samuel to anoint the king who would replace Saul. Samuel had been mourning for Saul, and the Lord said unto Samuel, Samuel chapter 16, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said to God, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Cometh thou peaceably? They were afraid of the prophet showing up. And he, Samuel, said peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he, Samuel, looked on Eliab and said, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Not many of the mighty are called by God. For God will not allow glory to go to man, but glory will go to God. Therefore God has chosen 
the despised of the earth. He's chosen the little people of the earth. That man would not glory in man. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he, God, said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made another son, Shammah, pass by. And he, God, said to Samuel, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said, Are here all thy children? And he, Jesse, said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come thither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was a ruddy, and withal a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look on. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Verse 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Verse 14, And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled Saul. And Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. See, the wisdom that God had given to Saul had been removed. It was the servants who knew the answer of what to do. And they're the ones who told Saul what to do. Saul didn't have that wisdom anymore because the Holy Spirit was removed from him. Verse 18, Then answered one of his servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse, and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread, and a bottle of water, and a kid, and sent him by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul, and stood before him. And David loved Saul greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, 
for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Later, Saul will spend the rest of his life trying to kill David. He will even have a javelin in his hand when David plays on the harp, and he will throw the javelin at David and try to kill David. Why? Because the women in the village sang a song saying, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousand. They praised David more than Saul. And Saul realized God had removed the kingdom from him, though he continued to rule. And Saul realized that David was going to take over the kingdom. And Saul was envious and jealous, and he tried the rest of his life to kill David. We'll read those examples the next day on the podcast. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and close with that. I once dated a man who was a representative of Revel Book Publishing Company, a Christian book publishing company. Bob went around to various cities and sold Christian books to book dealers. He sometimes went to the meetings, although I don't think Bob was born again. But one day Bob told me this. He said, have you ever noticed how many times Christians are often ugly? They aren't the beautiful people of the world. They're ugly. He had noticed that. Well, that's exactly what 1 Corinthians 1 says. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring it to nothing, the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called the called of God, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 
And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen. My cousin was in Church of Christ her entire life. I was baptized in Church of Christ when I was 15, but I was not shown my sin at age of 15. Therefore, I didn't change at all. It wasn't until I was 37 that God spoke to me and said, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, God, sins? I didn't know I was doing sins. I thought they were mistakes. That's the way the world is. They think they're simply making a mistake. They don't recognize that it's sin until God opens their eyes to see. And when they're chosen by God for salvation, at some point God opens their eyes to see the sin that they can repent and be saved through him. So in verse 29 of 1 Corinthians 1, that no flesh should glory in his presence. See, God is not calling many of those movie stars and great athletes and presidents of men because man would glory in them instead of glorying in God. But it's the weak of the world that God calls the despised, the unbeautiful. My cousin, who was Church of Christ, after I was born again, we were riding along the highway, and I was speaking about God. I was very excited about God after I was born again, and I was speaking to her about God. And she looked at me and said, Well, I believe you are of God. I just don't see how you can be. See, she didn't understand being born again. She was a beautiful person. I wasn't one of the beautiful people. And she didn't know 1 Corinthians 1. Verse 30, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We glory in that which God has done for us, in that which God has said to us. They glory in their church buildings, the stained glass windows, their own preachers, and other men. We who are of God glory in what God has said and done. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.